Hi, Katie. Hi. How are you? Great. How are you doing? <laughs> so, uh, Katie is a National Geographic Explorer, right, and a Media Lab Director's Fellow. Yep. And we've known each other for a few years now. And uh, she's been working a lot with us, but um, I wanted to introduce you to my Facebook friends. And also, by the way, this will turn into a podcast. So for the videos and images, if you could describe them, um, that would be great as well. Sure. So, so people just be audio. But can you Fantastic. tell us a little bit about what you do and maybe show some of your work? Yep, absolutely. So I um, am involved with deep sea exploration. So I work with the Ocean Exploration Trust, and we own and operate a, a research vessel, the exploration vessel Nautilus. Um, so we embark on four to six month expeditions every year to places where hopefully no one's mm -hmm. ever been or they're um, under under understood, mm -hmm. I guess, mm -hmm. for lack of a better word. We go and we use sonar to map the seafloor. Mm -hmm. So we get an idea of the topography, the bathymetry. Um, and then we put in robotic vehicles so we can mm -hmm. actually see what's down there. Mm -hmm. So using video, environmental sensors, picking up samples, mm -hmm. um, all these sorts of things. So we can try to start to understand the deep sea that mm -hmm. is so totally unexplored. And throughout that process, we mm -hmm. also share what we're doing um, with a big public audience. So we have you know, a satellite antenna on board. Mm -hmm. We're able to send that video live from the seafloor and mm -hmm. audio of the scientists who mm -hmm. are on the ship and the mm -hmm. engineers and mm -hmm. students as well um, back to shore so anybody can follow along with us. Just like this, but 24-7. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's really cool. And, 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 and you interact with your audience too sometimes, don't you? We do, yeah. So one of the images... Are you able to bring up images? That's Nautilus Live is one of them. So this is a screenshot of our website, Nautilus Live. Relatively real time. And and, and you you do you'll react to them as well, right? I mean, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We we see them when we're on board, and people mm -hmm. are constantly asking, you know, what are you doing? What you have for lunch? Mm -hmm. What have you found mm -hmm. today? Where are you going next? Mm -hmm. um, to all sorts of crazy questions. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it sort of reminded me of like talking to astronauts or something like that, right? Yeah, it's, it's very similar to that. So yeah. we have a team of about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like eight people um, when the vehicles are in the yeah. water. Somebody's saying there's a sound problem. Hello? Oh, no, it's going. It sounds like it's going. Yeah. Um, Tell us if you have sound problems, but okay. Anyway, so. <laughs> um, so yeah, when we're on watch, when the vehicles are in the water, we have about eight people who mm -hmm. are in a confined place mm -hmm. and able to answer questions about the technology or the science mm -hmm. or really anything that we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really exciting to be able to share what we're doing in mm -hmm. real time because mm -hmm. otherwise, you know, traditionally, scientists would go out to sea and come mm -hmm. home with a hard drive and nobody else would be able to mm -hmm. ever see it. So it's mm -hmm. a really great way to, you know, kids who are in Idaho yeah. or Iowa who have never seen the ocean before are right. able to explore along with us. So it's really, really exciting. And, and that sort of reaching out to kids is a big part of your mission, right? It's a huge part of our mission, absolutely, and very, very important, I think. Because I, I, I mean, I've talked about this before at the Media Lab, too, but I feel like, um, you know, the original moonshot really was about kids in Iowa getting excited about rockets, but these days it feels like we're not connecting if you look at you know the engagement and you've got Silicon which is Valley. amazing given yeah. how much how many technologies exist to connect people yeah yeah and, and it's it's like it doesn't feel like we're sharing because there was this amazing optimism with the original moonshot but mm -hmm. i don't feel like we have and everybody of, felt like they were 
part, a of, part of the team. Yeah, 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 yeah. And oceanography historically hasn't been like that. It's yeah. been, you know, a scientist and yeah. traditionally his team would go out on a boat and go do their right. thing and come back and analyze their data and maybe yeah. a few years later a paper would be published. So what we're doing um, is really transforming ocean science mm -hmm. now, finally. Mm -hmm. um, these technologies are starting to be uh, installed on other research vessels, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's really exciting for people to be actually be able to share mm -hmm. what they're doing now. But mm -hmm. doing it in a coordinated way yep. that really brings people along, I think, is, mm -hmm. is the challenge rather mm -hmm. than just having one-off things mm -hmm. here and there. Yeah, yeah, I think, um, and, and that's what's amazing about the, the, the internet and communications, right? Because explorers used to be about, you go off for years and you right. come back and you write a and book and you tell your tales yeah yeah right. <laughs> but now it, it's like we're there and it's it, that i mean so for me you know a lot of the we talk about virtual reality and all this other stuff but to me it's just um having the so the the you know point of view of the person who's there and and i, and I find you know and this is what i why i'm excited about facebook live is is a very different connection to something that's actually happening you know and <laughs> and and one of my of all the fake news, one of the things that really kind of <laughs> gutted me was all of the fake um, uh, space station video feeds that people were putting onto Facebook. So people were just watching. You would see, I didn't even you see would that. see like hundreds of thousands of people watching old footage, as if it were as live. if it were live because it says live NASA, uh, and and they were like hearting it, and you were like, oh my gosh, and 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 then people, I I, I I wrote a thing about it, but it was like. It, it's because it's, it's it's so, but you know, but there was, but it's interesting because it's like, at what point is it like live and not live? There's one of my friends was a producer, and he um, actually, uh, I think, that did the first uh, live telecast of the Pope doing mass. This was a, a while ago, right? right. And uh, he was a producer of um, Live Aid, and he, um, and there was a discussion about whether people who were receiving a transmission of it were they getting blessed as well, and what if there was a delay, or what if it was a rerun, or what if it was a video, or what if it was pirated? You know, at what point do you disconnect from the authenticity of the real thing? But but anyway, but but, but the point being, I think Facebook was saying you know people will much more likely to watch a video to the end if it's live, and I think there's a certain. Well, there's obviously if you're interactive, but there's real engagement, and and to be able to be the engagement is a really important part. I think there's um, another vessel, the Okeanos Explorer, which is a federal ship. They also have the mm -hmm. um, live streaming from mm -hmm. their vehicles on the bottom, but they don't have that same level of engagement with people on board answering questions from the public, and yeah. we get a lot of feedback um, about that for all sorts of reasons. Mm -hmm. No one can't do the same thing that we do, um, but. I think that that's really key for Nautilus and for being able to make people feel like they're mm -hmm. a part of the team. Yeah, yeah. Rather than just sort of voyeurs looking in on mm -hmm. other people doing their work. But you actually also bring people to be part of your team, right? I mean, oh, absolutely. Yeah, we have internship programs um, primarily for undergrad and graduate students mm -hmm. um, in engineering and science and video and filmmaking mm -hmm. who um, you know come along and they're. They're also not standing by and watching. They're mm -hmm. definitely in the thick of it and mm -hmm. and working alongside us. And and we had some of our kids working. You did right. Yes, yeah. We had a great project this past summer um, where uh, a few students came out with us. That one of the projects is. Um, can, we, can we try pulling up? Can we pull and, up and a you heard images? you heard the comment that the audio oh, didn't work on this. Okay. Which one? Um, Hygroscape topside. 
Yes. So this is Jifei and Chinyi, and they are working on a project um, which I believe didn't originally have a marine mm -hmm. sort of application, but mm -hmm. through a little workshop that we did last year, um, they got excited about applying this um, way to create structures that are sort of self folding and mm -hmm. um, unfolding so that you can potentially use them for habitat, marine mm -hmm. habitat restoration. Mm -hmm. So um, they got excited about applying this to the marine environment and they built their structure. This is them on the ship, hmm. on deck. And then we were able to send it over the side and the second hyperscape image is it. So it's this flat structure when it was deployed and then is that... Does it look flattish? Maybe it's the one right before that. That one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the idea is that hopefully it'll be flat when it's deployed, mm -hmm. easy to ship, um, easy to assemble, um, put it over the side, and then they use this dissolving dissolvable thread mm -hmm. um, and buoyancy. So it was weighted on the bottom and had buoyancy for the top that mm -hmm. would sort of pop it up mm -hmm. um, into a cubic structure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was really exciting for them. They had never built anything and deployed it in the field before. Right, so right. a lot of lessons learned there, yep. and it's become a huge part of GFA's um, dissertation oh, wow. research. Wow, very cool. Yeah. So they've done... Um, additional testing in the lab uh, recently he was just showing me some videos this afternoon of that and mm -hmm. his plans to to scale it up very cool and, yeah. and, 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 and i mean we we like at the media lab we talk about learning through doing and sort of this anti-disciplinary work and it's really neat to see because i know jupe has been working on things that fold and stuff like that but mm -hmm. to see it like as a scuba diver to see it sort of folding. And, and so it's the idea that that could be like a substrate for coral reefs and stuff like that. That's the idea. Yeah. 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 That's pretty neat. Cause yeah, I, cause so he's still working on that and, you know, seeing how we can make it easier to construct and build yeah. and deploy. Um, it was a little cumbersome for the right. first round, but you know, it, it was the first round and the, it was a learning experience. Cause the standard way we make dive sites right now is we sink ships and they right. become, they become reefs. <laughs> or concrete blocks <laughs> or, or like yeah. blown up bridges. This is a little bit cooler. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, it can be tailored to the terrain, mm -hmm. use different materials, um, you know, doing research on what types of materials mm -hmm. corals like to colonize. Mm -hmm. So, you know, looking at all mm -hmm. sorts of dis different aspects of it to mm -hmm. how do you do it the best way. And, and you, you guys do a lot of different types of exploration, right? I mean, you look for different living things you look for archaeology i mean what what's what kind of places do you go because i know you like you spend like when you look at your calendar you're kind of all over the place We're, right uh well We're not all over, over the, time but, uh, we've been all over the yeah, place yeah. but yeah so we started in the mediterranean mm -hmm. so we were um doing a lot of work in the med the aegean the black sea um a lot of which was focused on archaeology mm -hmm. um ancient trade routes and then <clears throat> After a few years, we came over to the Gulf of Mexico and mm -hmm. Caribbean Sea, mm -hmm. spent a couple years there um, doing all sorts of different projects, working with um, groups looking at the impacts of the BP oil spill hmm. um, to exploring an underwater volcano off the coast of Grenada. Mm -hmm. um, we like to call ourselves equal opportunity explorers because mm -hmm. a lot of times you don't know what you're going to find. So you really need to so you might be find prepared. A creature while you're looking for pottery exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah oh yeah very much so when uh one of our um projects the one off of grenada kick Dini volcano mm -hmm. um we in the the multi-beam the bathymetry map mm -hmm. 
it looked like there had been an avalanche mm -hmm. sometime mm -hmm. in the geologic past. There's mm -hmm. this big deposit. Um, so we went to take a look at it. And um, we thought it was just going to be this you know, big pile of mud, and we'd mm -hmm. collect some of it and, and bring it home. And so we actually had had a National Geographic film crew on board mm -hmm. for like a month before, but they mm -hmm. were scheduled to get off. And we were like, this is going to be the most boring dive. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. And then it turned out to be a brand new ecosystem oh, that wow. was never known before. There were mussels down there that were like 14 inches long. They were massive. So it turned out to be like the exciting, most exciting dive of huh. the field season. Wow. So you really never know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it must be find. amazing because I've seen recordings of it, but to be a kid watching it live when you discover something, right? I mean, you're, you're sort of like, Oh yeah. I mean, you're seeing it at the same time as us, yeah. maybe a couple second delay just yeah. because of yeah. you know, yeah. physics, but yeah. you're, you're seeing it along with us. And it's not just the excitement that's important. Mm -hmm. It's really also the engagement with people because we only have 50 people, 48 mm -hmm. people on mm -hmm. the ship at any given time. Mm -hmm. And some of those are cooks or engineers mm -hmm. or whatever, mm -hmm. and they're not involved in the science mm -hmm. and you find something like, a World War II airplane while you're looking for underwater volcanoes and mm -hmm. you don't have any World War II historians on board. Mm -hmm. So you're able to broaden oh, right. the net and broaden the brain power um, wow. so, to, so to identify it, what you're looking at. So is it, I mean, is that a real example like a World War II It is. Aircraft? I don't know if, I don't think I have a video of that okay. one right now. But it was a... Uh, but yeah, we were looking for underwater right. volcanoes off of Italy and yeah. we came across um, an Italian... Wow. A plane that had been shot down in the Battle of Pantelleria, yeah. turns out. But none of us right, knew that, right. but there were people on shore mm -hmm. who were watching, oh, really and they cool. said, oh, hey, that's probably this. And right, you, know, right, you looked right. it up, and sure enough, yeah. one or two planes had been shot down in that particular battle. Huh. And So, so do, do you have regulars that kind of check in when they know you're going to be going someplace that they know about? And Yeah, we've definitely had regulars over you know the course mm -hmm. of the eight years we've, mm -hmm. we've been doing this. Um, you know, from retired submariners to mm -hmm. to kids who will check in in the morning before they go to school and oh, wow. check in after school and That's say, "Hey guys, cool. what did you do?" And yeah, wow. it's wow. really gives me kind of shivers. And, and ha have have any of these kids like? Do you think? Do you see this changing the trajectory of any of? these kids do you think i mean that's that's that's, that's the, the goal hope, right, right. Yeah. yeah that's the hope um unfortunately just because of the nature of what we do with broadcasting to anyone on the right. internet we don't really have a good idea of demographics mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. who's watching but we definitely get a lot of mm -hmm. feedback from teachers from parents saying yep. thank you so much my son daughter has mm -hmm. never mm -hmm. seen anything like this you answered their question they're so yep. excited they want to learn more it, and that's really the goal right and, you know, it, it, it's also, I mean, I, I love space and we're, we we love space here and I think it's, it's really interesting and important, but, you know, oceans are so important, right? Whether we're talking about climate, whether we're talking about food, we're talking about history, and I think economy. it is economy, <laughs> and I think it really is this, you know, this sort of, you know, this explorer kind of character that you have to be in order to sort of get into that and also just this the type of school you have to end up at in order to become a marine biologist or sort of it it, it is a, a fairly uh el elite's not the right word but it's a, it's a it's a very sort of narrow it, it community right can, now it's it's a quite a narrow community but one of the things that we really try to do is to highlight the people that are coming on board and what their backgrounds are and to mm -hmm. show that 
at any given time, we maybe have three PhDs on board, yeah. but we have all sorts of other mm -hmm. people who do all sorts of other things. And so it's not just the one hero right, right. goes out and does the exploring and comes yeah. back and tells their stories. It's, right. it's really a team effort yeah. and you need everybody from the cooks to the yeah. engineers to, you know, the video videographers. Yeah. I mean, for us, um, so we were, I, I'm a scuba instructor and so I hang mm -hmm. out and go to, when I travel, I go and visit the local scuba um, shops. And uh, one of the most interesting things was for me, switching to conservation stuff, I mean, um, um, shark finning, you know, and it was really interesting because you can wag your finger at some other culture and tell them to stop doing something, but they don't really care. Right. But there was a whole <laughs> movement of scuba divers who were Chinese. Who and and Singaporean who stopped stopped and and it's it's a it's a delicacy for like weddings and stuff. They just mm -hmm. stopped eating um, uh, uh, shark fin because they had gone diving with sharks and they realized how beautiful and amazing they are. And so, it, kind of the, the activism and sort of activism through participation, either directly or maybe through through this. I mean, I think for thinking about protecting oceans, it seems like a tremendously great way to engage. Have oh, you, absolutely. Have you, no, yeah. I mean, not everybody is going to be able to, you know, go explore in mm -hmm. the deep blue sea. And so you have to find a way to bring it to people. Otherwise, yeah. they're a, never going to know about it. And if you don't know about it, how can you care about it? There's, there's a question, um, any experience observing climate change? Have you? Um, not really directly. The nature of what we do is we try to go to places that have never been explored before. So a lot of times so there's, like there's no baseline information and we're collecting it I see. for the first time. I see. So from see. there, then you can so next time around you'll right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, that said, we have done, um, a few projects in underwater volcanoes, Kekum Jenny, I mentioned mm -hmm. another one is Colombo, mm -hmm. um, which is in Greece. And inside those uh, volcanoes, there's a lot of carbon dioxide mm -hmm. coming up out mm -hmm. of the seafloor. Um, and I think there's a Colombo video. And, you know, one of the big deals with climate change mm -hmm. is the human mm -hmm. um, input of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere mm -hmm. and therefore into the oceans. And so mm -hmm. these um, areas, these volcanoes where you have um, these bubbles of carbon dioxide, almost 100% mm -hmm. carbon dioxide mm -hmm. coming up are like a little lab mm -hmm. for um, potentially studying climate change because mm -hmm. you have mm -hmm. this very, very acidic water that doesn't support any fish. Yeah. There's just bacteria growing on it. So there, you basically no see what's going to be like in the future. <laughs> if it gets that bad. <laughs> yeah. Unlikely to get that bad, but right. it's a sort of right. end member to yeah. what we have now and Interesting. you know what a pH of 4 yeah. looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So so what's I mean, it's probably hard to answer, but what was what do you think is the most interesting or weird thing you've discovered? Interesting or a weird thing? Yeah. Uh so many. Um, I really loved being in the Mediterranean mm -hmm. and looking for ancient shipwrecks and trying to identify, mm -hmm. um, you know, where people would have gone. Do you find treasure? Treasure in the knowledge sense. Yeah. yeah I mean, we're but not, we're like not gold picking up like gold doubloons or yeah. anything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you did, you wouldn't be telling. Or, right. Yeah, I guess exactly. people are watching. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, we work very closely with um, archaeologists in all of the countries in, uh -huh. in which we are working. And um, the majority of wrecks that we found um, were typically um, 500, 1,000, a couple thousand years mm -hmm. old. And so these would have been carrying um, clay vessels or amphora that would have carried oil or wine or mm -hmm. fish sauce or whatever. So they're really like the 
tractor trailers mm -hmm. of the ancient world. They're mm -hmm. just carrying commodities mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. one place to another, and people from one place to another. So any champagne? Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, but you do take samples and pick. In out, some right? cases, typically with the archaeology, we don't. don't? Okay. But in in certain cases, we and do. To identify life, with, sometimes, right? To identify life, definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. We collect uh, biological samples and geological samples on a regular basis. It's the archaeology that, um, you know, depending on where you're working and, mm -hmm. and what you're looking at, can be much more sensitive. So we're yeah. I think I saw a video of you guys finding some round purple thing or something. You were trying to figure out what it a was. A purple orb. Yeah, that was very popular this summer. <laughs> so what, what was the that? jury's still out on that? We don't know. So you just saw this round purple thing. It was this round purple thing, and. We collected it, and so it's at, I believe... So you have it, and you still don't know what it is? It's gone to um, experts wow. to try and figure That's out so what weird. exactly it is. There are a couple of com competing hypotheses really? on, on what it was. So and where, where was it? This how was off you... of California, in like the Channel Islands area. And how deep was it? I don't know. Okay, But was it deep sea, or was it sort of not... Well, shallow for us is 50 meters, so... Okay, that's, that's pretty... Okay. So, so it's but, but so it's deeper than the average. Diver, average. It's yeah. deeper. Yeah. 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 How deep do you go? Uh, we can go four thousand meters. Wow. So like thirteen thousand wow, feet is wow. the deepest that we can go. Okay. So you and that's four thousand meters is the average depth of the ocean. So we can cover a pretty good that's area. Amazing. Although now we're in the Pacific, it's right. a deeper ocean basin. So right. So what what haven't you done that you're gonna do or you plan to do next? What haven't we done? Well, there's still so much mm -hmm. left to explore, and it's hard to say what we're going to find mm -hmm. when we really don't know it's out there. Getting out into the Western Pacific, which is mm -hmm. really a hotspot for biodiversity mm -hmm. and a train wreck in terms so do, of geology. Do you do a lot of microbial collection as well? Um, we do some, and we've actually gotten uh, involved with a couple of scientists at NOAA who are who um, sent out an eDNA sampler, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's this environmental DNA. They basically mm -hmm. um, pump water through a filter and then sequence whatever is there. Mm -hmm. And even if there aren't organisms there, there's still substances that like come off of fish and all mm -hmm. sorts of other things that mm -hmm. you can see mm -hmm. what is living in the water column. It's really exciting. Wow. That's, yeah. yeah, and yeah, that's that's fascinating. And just, you know, the, the, the how, what do they call them? The, um, um, how the ships have just moved these microbial systems around. I mean, we had it with seeds and stuff like that. But oh, just yeah, kind of yeah. Understanding the in, in, impact and, uh, um, yeah, yeah that, I mean, that, that whole the ability to sequence um, um, genes is, is, is going to be really such an interesting new sensor into yeah. what's going on. It right? definitely is. And it's just getting started now, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. So that's exciting. That's exciting. And then, so you're, you're now, do you, are you actually on the boat? All summer, and then you just come to shore. No, not all summer. We have a whole. Uh, we have probably three hundred people coming and going from the ship over the course of a field season. Um, so it just you know depends on what the project is yeah. when I'm out there. I used to be at sea for about two months a year, but have a little girl now, so yeah, that's, that's nice. tapered back a bit. I, I was so disappointed that I couldn't go out with you guys when you were out. In well, California. we're going to have to do it again then. Huh? It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you allow scuba diving off your boats? Do you do? We don't currently, but we've talked about it. Okay. So it all may right, be possible right. in the future. <laughs> I could be like a but, little repair mechanic come here to patch holes in your or hole. Or you can just hang out with us dry and warm with a cup of coffee watching the robots do their thing. Wet is how I like to see the ocean. So <laughs> <laughs> so and and so the Nautilus how, so it's is it an organization? I mean so the web the Nautilus so you're the chief 
science officer, right, of the Nautilus Life Project. Yeah. And it's a boat. Is it a nonprofit? And how is it? It's a non- Yeah, the Ocean Exploration Trust is a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we own the ship mm-hmm. and are grant funded, mm-hmm. you know, grants and donations mm-hmm. to fund mm-hmm. the expeditions. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Well, um, you know, it's a... It, to me, so at, at the meal we talk about you know projects, peers, passion, and play, and we feel that you know learning through doing and is really the, you know interest-driven learning at least is the, is the kind of learning that we focus on, and I think that you know if um, the, the, to me at least the ocean is just such an engaging place, and you have so many. Uh, platforms where you can bring science and technology and learning and there's it's, so many it, possibilities it is yeah. really really did, exciting did, did you see finland announced that um they're going to be doing for some of their schools now they're getting rid of all of the um the the different disciplines and you learn just by picking a project that you want to do and then you learn your math and your science and your geography safe by learning the history of world war ii or whatever and it's, wow. it's all project-based and so it'd be pretty neat if we could imagine a future where you know, you were one of the projects that kids, you know, all over the world could join and then they would learn about all these things. I mean, I think that's really, to me, the future of, of education is, is, is sort of, um, you really know. Putting what you're learning into context, yeah, right? Yeah. Not just doing math problems or memorizing keywords. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing, when I was teaching diving in um, Dubai, the, the, I used to teach these junior high kids and the teacher would drop off these kids and and they, once it was like, those two kids are problem kids, watch out for them. But they would be the ones that were the most excited about diving because you're like, oh, we're going to be in the sea in a, in a few hours and so you got to learn Boyle's Law, you got to learn this. And the other kids who are usually good students were like, well, is this going to be on the test? Why are we doing this? You know? right. And it's sort of the, the <laughs> opposite. <laughs> and so, so interestingly, I think there's a, and I was kind of like, I'm a college dropout and I, I didn't do well in school because I could never really get myself to try to learn something unless I knew how it would be, why it would connect to something interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think for interest-driven learners, I mean, you know, the, the, and this is sort of something my, my sister writes a lot about it, about how, it, you know, it, she talks about sort of hanging out, messing around, geeking out, where there's like the social part, and then there's sort of the messing around part, and then you kind of get into it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if we could sort of take this online community that you're working on and somehow connect to them and create a, a pathway for them yeah. to go into exploration and figure out how to build a curriculum around that, that would be super exciting. That would be very exciting. We do have some activities, um, sort of learning modules that connect to the ship and the exploration and, and certain projects. So mm-hmm. um, we do have that available, but not necessarily a really clear, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you make it yeah. to well, we should We should do a pilot. That'd be a lot of fun. Be, we should definitely do that. There's a, there's a question from Keiko. This is sort of technical, but what do you think about China's claim that their submersible can go down 10,000 feet or 10,000, I don't know, meters, I guess. Probably meters. Um, it certainly possible. There are vehicles that have done it. Really? Um, yeah. Are the, there many? The, nope. There mm-hmm. have been, as far as I know, to the bottom of the Mariana Trench, two dives. I see. Ever one fifty something years ago. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and were they one, robots or people? Those are people. There yeah. are other robots that can go to full ocean depth. I see. I so see. that's wouldn't right. be surprising. And you, but yours aren't manned, right? They're ours are not manned. Yeah. No. No, but really, um, so ours are tethered mm-hmm. to the ship, so we're mm-hmm. on board controlling them at any given time. Um, and then there's also autonomous vehicles, mm-hmm. so you can 
send them on a mission, mm-hmm. drop them over the side, and hopefully self-driving submersibles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> sort of dr- underwater drones. If yeah. You want to and but how do you like how that. do you communicate with them? Like you can't communicate video with because I remember with the autonomous vehicles. Yeah. Um, no, there are like radio modems and all sorts of the, the, different research. But they're really hard in the water, right? right? Now. It's tough. Yeah. Um, yeah, so and really low bandwidth. Yeah. So you can't. Yeah, it's like the, all, those old um, movies about you know U belts and stuff, right? They yeah. have these very low frequency things. It's a, it's really hard, right? The yeah, tethering it's, it's, up makes a big difference for, for the video, I suppose, right? Yeah. Well, with high definition video, yeah, you can, yeah. we can see it. Right. Right. Immediately, but for doing thing like things like seafloor mapping efficiently covering really mm-hmm. broad areas mm-hmm. you can't do that with right. a tethered vehicle so have, you know they're just different tools for different jobs have you ever tried the is it the robo there was like a kickstarter that created a uh, a tethered the open rov, ROV. yeah open rov yeah, have you yeah tried one of those i haven't but um know those it, guys and yeah. it's a really cool project and it's, it's a so cool it's, idea that... it, it's a great idea and so many classrooms have them now yeah. they, they are often able to donate them to classrooms yeah. they can't yeah. afford them yeah. um, and so they you know open up this possibility for kids to be able to program them yeah. and control them and, and tinker with the engineering and i guess mm-hmm. get to the geeking out stage yeah so i mean i think because I always thought that, that making everybody a scuba diver was going to be the way to save the oceans, but I guess this is a easier pathway well, for the. So we need to start with making everyone a swimmer. Well, no, you don't have to be able to swim to scuba dive. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and and actually, we we have a, one of my um, friends does a a, a whole uh, scuba diving um, program for um, disabled divers, um, and oh, one, wow. of the, one of the one of the. Kids that uh, uh, you know, I, I I one of the reasons I became a scuba instructor is I was watching um, one of my friends teach a, a double amputee uh, um, kid from um, Palestine um, uh, after his house had been blown up, oh learn to scuba dive and get certified and wow. it, it, just life changing, right? And so it's that kind of stuff is is, is 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 pretty cool. That was what got me into wanting to not just scuba dive but to teach. Yeah, but um. But 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 I think any path that gets you excited about the ocean and then and then you'll figure out what what it is you want to do there. I mean I think that's, that's super cool. I'm yeah. So glad. But opening it up. To opening people it up. Is yeah. The key yeah. Yeah. In whatever way we can. And and becoming like a platform. I mean literally a platform because you have a, you have yeah. not everybody. Literally can buy a and boat, figuratively. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 No, no, very cool. So is there is there anything else that questions. you want to talk about before uh, we've reached the thirty minute um, minimum recommended Facebook Live? Um, I mean, do you want to share any plans that you have, or what? What your dreams for your next next year? Dreams for next. Well, so the ship is in California right now. It's mm-hmm. at the dock, and so we're gonna start up the season hopefully late spring, mm-hmm. hopefully in Mexico, mm-hmm. and work our way north mm-hmm. um, for about Mexico north. Okay, four to six months, Mexico to Canada. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the general gist of the field season right right when we you know start and, out and, funding and all that and well, your ground base is always in the same place yeah most of us are based in rhode island but okay several team members are all over the place so so you you go from the boat to a satellite and down to rhode island and then that's where the communications hub yeah is. Is that's that where hub the hub is the interspace center and yeah. then from there it gets distributed to the internet to other universities to mm-hmm. museums aquariums schools mm-hmm. we do mm-hmm. live broadcasts mm-hmm. that's another way we're able to share what we're doing right, right. so we have a studio on board the ship mm-hmm. and also a studio at the interspace center mm-hmm. so um, we're able to broadcast live from the ship and mm-hmm. do a more one-on-one q a rather yeah. than just the sort of 
broadcasting yeah. to the internet. It's right. more. Um, and if, if if I see the ship near somewhere I am, can I like flag you? <laughs> I, guess, I guess it's hard <laughs> to get out to the ship. I suppose if once you're out. Yeah, well, we're offshore, so yeah. yeah, you're not just gonna like swim up to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I was at the beach in San Diego, I was in La Jolla once uh-huh. uh, a couple of years ago when the ship was working in La Jolla Canyon. So yeah. it was funny to be sitting on the beach with my family and see the Nautilus right offshore. Yeah. That's, that's that's very cool and um well um you know definitely think that these collaborations that we did at the media lab were awesome and so hopefully we can turn this into sort of a, a broader thing and um I'd, I'd love to talk to you more about how to try to do some piloting with some kids uh-huh. to make this into uh, uh and, and measure sort of the, the way we can do a learning program so that'd be fantastic i'd love that cool all right thanks katie great thank right. you for having thank me you. bye-bye